Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, 1-800-BETS-OFF. The number nine Iowa women's basketball team is on the road tonight for a marquee matchup against number two Ohio State. The Chiefs will be hosting next weekend's AFC Championship game against the Bengals. They've dropped their last three meetings against Cincy dating back to last season. And the quarterfinals of the Australian Open begin tonight with one match each on the men's and women's sides. Sebastian Corda, one of three American men remaining, takes on Karen Kachanov. I'm J.D. Haffron. For the win! From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world-famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Five minutes past noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we take you up until uh, 1 o'clock. Coming up this hour in about 10 minutes, we'll get Nick Athen in here, primetimesportstalk.com. That's Nick's site. We will uh, pick his brain on uh, the AFC Championship. Is this the fifth consecutive? Yeah. Has Mahomes ever missed one? He has not. That's unreal. Yeah. AFC Championship game just penciled in. You just got to figure out the other three every year. So in the league, six years, he played week 17, mm-hmm. when there was 17, only 17 weeks, against Denver, won that game, and then took over for Alex Smith, and they've been in the AFC Championship ever since. Not bad. Oh, my gosh. They got the right guy. You think? <laughs> now, Andy Reid helps. Yes. Um, but Andy Reid doesn't teach the... <laughs> no look passes, mm-hmm. or the way he contorts his arm uh, to throw those passes, by, um, you know, under arms or whatever he needs to do. Um, he's so gifted, man. Yes. He is so gifted. So we'll talk to Nick Athen coming up, and then we'll get into Scott Talkman real quick on this, uh, just because. Well, baseball will be here before we know it. Uh-huh. The Twins, I thought, got a lot better. I did, and and uh, Louisa Rise, you t- uh, talked about it the other day. He's great with a bat in his hand. Yes, so he much fun to watch. He really is. Uh, American League batting champion, dot, dot, dot. He's Tony Gwynn of this era. That's high praise. Just his ability to fight everything off, mm-hmm. be up there, make contact. He's a single sitter. Mm-hmm. And in today's day and age, yeah. there just isn't a whole lot more to his game. Plus, he's dealt with knee injuries. He does not have... He's not a plus defender. In fact, he's got to play pretty much first base in DH anymore. Mm-hmm. Five foot nine. Yeah. He won a batting crown. Yep. It was a lot of fun. He was beloved. Yep. He's got the chunky face, and yeah. he's just he's easy to root for. Sure, because he's fun to watch, and he could boy. If I could just t- teach my boy to be a slap hitter like that, maybe we have. He, everybody has that thought, but uh-huh. there's a certain upside. Is he ever going to be better than what he was last year? I don't. I can't see it. Probably not. No. I mean, that's I the high water trend. Here's the thing. I think they fleeced the fish. I completely agree. And this is a rarity, I feel, with teams that I root for. So I wanted to get your perspective more on it because, first of all, I'm a big Pablo Lopez fan. Trent, he just because he does is strike guys out. He was excellent a year ago. Uh-huh. On a bad team. Yes. Now, the Marlins had a ton of depth in their pitching rotation. So they were looking to make moves and improve their offense. But 
to give up a piece like that. Oh, and you have control of him. Yes. We talked about the Twins when we have brought him up. They have like seven guys that are all number fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lopez is not an ace himself. But he may be forced to be. He very well could be. But you get a play if they get to the playoffs with a playoff rotation with a healthy Sonny Gay, Gray, mm-hmm. Mally, mm-hmm. now Lopez, and kind of whoever figured out. Maybe it's Kenta Maeda. If he's back and healthy and the guy that we saw certainly before, a guy that was right in Cy Young consideration himself just a couple of years back. It's a pretty good look. That's a pretty good rotation. Oh. Yeah, there is no Garrett Cole at the top. No. There is no Verlander. I get that. But the depth that they have is something to be at least a little bit excited about. And we, well, of course, always like to bring it back to talking about the odds, right? What odds look like on different things. So we talked last week about this. We were both surprised at that time before this trade that the Twins were the number three choice and a pretty clear three choice in baseball. Let's bring up the division odds from our friends at Circa. To win the American League Central after this move, it is still the Guardians, the favorite, plus 145. The White Sox, plus 185. I don't get it. And the Twins, just shy of 3-1, to one, plus 295. That's where my money would go, Trent. I'm with you. They got better. Yeah, I think Even they losing did. a batting champion, uh-huh. they got better. They they can hit. They they, they yes. can score runs. They need to be, they need to, somebody to get some outs. And the bullpen still question mark. I think that's fair. It's it's not blow you away, and it's been that case for the last couple of years. So that's where you would point with this team. If Byron Buxton is healthy, well, he's not going to be right. Well, he hasn't been. If he can play 120 games, you got something. Mm-hmm. You're in really really good shape there. I don't think the gap is that big. I am surprised by it. Maybe my fandom is tainting this a little no, bit. I, I totally agree with you, but. Across baseball, you read the national kind of landscape, it's the same sentiment. The Marlins got fleeced. They got robbed. Because it's it, not just those two entities no, either. It, it's the guys that are coming behind them, the guys that are going to... I mean, they're prospects, I get that, mm-hmm. but it's the outfielder that I think I'm most excited about. Um, we'll see. That's, that's two or three years down the road until these guys... Or maybe one or two years down the road till they get to the majors. But I thought the Twins... Uh, you got to give up something to get what you need. They needed a starter, and they uh, certainly uh, have a starter. Real quick, uh, we got Scott Dockerman coming up, but we haven't touched the Iowa game from over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Tom Cakert said it uh, going in. He said they're heading into a hornet's nest, yeah. I think, when uh, we spoke to him. Not in terms of environment. No, because what it was is Ohio State had lost five in a row. Yeah. They needed this game in the worst. Their season was literally on the brink. Well, and you know what they have coming up this week? Ohio State plays at Illinois and at Indiana. Yeah. So two road games now yeah. that, that is facing them. That was as close to a must win mm-hmm. as you're going to see in, in the middle of January. And they won. But yeah. Iowa, early in that game, slow start. Didn't score for the first couple of minutes. Get up 8-2. Get the ball. Great possession. And just miss the three. If it's 11-2, could you see that Ohio State team maybe start to yeah. turtle a little Certainly bit? asking and themselves. There were opportunities yep. there. And yep. then the second half, that defensive effort was brutal uh-huh. and got to hear Fran afterwards not just reading the tra- transcript but listening to him he was pissed he was upset about the effort because it was bad effort mm-hmm. it was slow to the ball yep. it was letting guys get to the rim likely we saw likely at Oklahoma State he's not good <laughs> no, offensively but he was sure good this week he had this 18 points seven uh-huh. assists 10 rebounds he's he's an athlete that's a really good defender he's not a good <laughs> offensive player no except against this Trent, he had a double double here's a scary thing this defense, which has never been Fran's calling card, we know about this. This but they've is the, been better. 
This is the worst defense, though, that they have had since that 2016 team that absolutely cratered. Remember that? Mm. Went 14-19, and lost to mm. Louisiana Lafayette and South Dakota State in the non-conference, went 4-14. and This is as bad of a defense as they have had since then. In the 140s at Ken Palm, 185 at Bartorvik, another mm. analytic site defensively. This is a bad defensive team. Well, you don't have to be great this week because they can score, mm-hmm. right? but you have to be adequate. They're nothing close to that. And now, well, here comes the house of horrors that is the Breslin Center <laughs> on Thursday. Uh, We've you- seen better Iowa teams in this. Go and take Michigan teams very similar and get absolutely trucked. Uh, were you impressed at all with Ulysses' game offensively? He's pretty good. I mean, he's better, right? Still turned it over four times. Yeah, that was that the other was the thing. Key. That they was were the key. so sloppy with the basketball. Well, he wasn't the only one. That no, was turning it, it wasn't over. just him. It was everybody. Right. And that's a rarity also for mm-hmm. Iowa. One of the reasons they're so efficient year after year is because they don't turn it over. Right. And it wasn't just turning it over, it was just dumb mistakes. They play poorly. I think that's an easy one to kind of flush. Yeah. Look, we had a weird week. We had a cancellation. We had a lot going on. Pretty easy to flush that one. Now, you got to find a way. We talked about the five game stretch that turned into and a We don't see stretch. them until Thursday, correct? Right. Thursday night, six o'clock against Michigan State. Next five road game at Michigan State, mm-hmm. three at home, and then the road to Rutgers, against Purdue. Northwestern, Illinois. Three and two. Doesn't matter where those three come from. Yeah. Now, one of them's a roadie at Purdue. Yeah. The other's a roadie at Michigan State. You're talking about the two worst mm-hmm. places for Iowa basketball mm-hmm. over the last 40 years to win games mm-hmm. in those two places. That means maybe you got to be perfect at home. Rutgers is going to be out for blood. Yeah, Northwestern's not going to be Rutgers easy. Is, Rutgers has won some big games on the road. Illinois has played better at times with Clark after he got kicked off the team. So it's not an easy stretch here, and I think you got to find a way to get three before it eases up. I'm with you. Three and two, I think you'd sign for that uh, in a heartbeat. All right, Nick Athen coming up. We'll switch gears uh, away from basketball. More on Iowa coming up with Scott Dockerman, by the way. He'll join us uh, at the bottom of the hour or thereabouts. We will um, recap what Doc has written over the week and uh, get into some basketball, etc. with uh, Doc. So find out if there's any news on the press conference that may or may not happen. I think I'm leaning towards will not happen uh, at this point, and certainly not until uh, signing day. All right, it is the AFC Championship, and for the fifth straight time, essentially since Patrick Mahomes has been named a starter, they are back in it, and they host Cincinnati, who has had their number. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com for Nick Athen. Nick Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, doing well. I appreciate you asking. It's um, obviously the the biggest talker when we talk about these two championship games this weekend is the health of Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. Um, apparently, the word was yesterday, Nick, that uh, when he got up in the morning, it was significantly better than anyone feared it was going to be, or than they feared rather was going to be. So what's your takeaway? What are you hearing? Uh, I've heard exactly the same. So it, it just seems like, you know, he, he's got a personal trainer in Bobby Stroop who's just done an incredible job, you know, giving this man all the flexibility in the world to play the craziest position in, in all of sports and, and do it without having significant injuries. Um, that, I mean, I, I've heard the exact same thing. Uh, I think the fact that he was just even able to play uh, in the second half, uh, granted he was anywhere close to 100%, maybe 50% at best, but, you know, he was good enough to beat the Jaguars. Now, 50% won't be enough to beat the Bengals. But, you know, if he can get to 75 or 80% and they change their game plan just a little bit, um, you know, I think that benefits the Chiefs. So Patrick's playing no matter what, mm-hmm. and I think this has a chance to be one of his defining moments of his career. 
because a lot of people are picking the Bengals. The Vegas odds have already jumped this to basically a pick game after a two-and-a-half start. Um, you know, everybody thinks the Bengals are the team of destiny now. They're, they've got the best quarterback. they got the best defense. they got the best head coach. I mean, you hear all these things today, and I'm thinking, you know what? Kansas City has gone to five consecutive title games at Arrowhead. They still have the best quarterback in the NFL. they got one of the best coaches, if not the best, in the game right now. Um, I, you know, I was negative on this game yesterday, but more and more today has evolved in the news that Patrick is probably going to be, you know, close to 75 80%. Uh, I, I tend to like their chances a little bit more. Still, at 75 to 80%, we're talking about mobility. And what one of the reasons, right. and there's a lot of reasons that Patrick Mahomes is just unlike any other, is that not just escaping the pocket and picking up a first down when need be, but his mobility inside the pocket. If that's limited in any way, that has to be somewhat concerning, right? Well, I mean, it was limited yesterday. He still made some pretty incredible plays considering that the pocket you know, collapsed on him. He's able to step up and, you know, he'll still run for three or four or five yards to get a first down. I don't think, I don't think any of that's going to change. Um, what's going to be is those, you know, those circular creative moves that, you know, buy him another three or four seconds uh-huh. and escaping the pocket. You know, he's going to have to be more of a pocket passer. He's going to have so. to step up and the tackles are going to have to play their best game of the year. And I thought they did a, they did a much better job in the second mm-hmm. half of protecting him. Um, than than in the past. So, um, uh, listen, you can't count out Patrick Mahomes. He's just special. Nobody in the world thought he was going to come back in that game in the second half and play. Um, and he and he did it. And he led the he led the team to the victory. And you know, I, I just I want to annoy Burrow as you know the best quarterback in the NFL because I think he's just played terrific and he plays great in big games. And you know, when when you don't get pressure on Burrow, he's going to pick you apart and. Those are the things they're going to have to deal with coming up. But uh, I, I think Patrick will adjust. I think he'll grind it through. And uh, I, I'm not as concerned about his lack of mobility because he's still, in my view, the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he's uh, he's really gifted, no doubt about it. And I couldn't agree with you more on the offensive line. I thought that uh, they realized that they've got to do their – they've got a, a wounded quarterback, and if they're going mm-hmm. anywhere, they need that wounded quarterback to take them there. No offense to Chad Henney. was really great in that one drive uh, when he <laughs> yeah, was he in was. the game. I mean, unbelievable, right? 98 yards to go, <laughs> and he took them down the field. Uh, it wasn't all him, but he was the quarterback at the time, so you got to give him credit. I thought the offensive line was uh, was was really good. So my question is – and it's it seemingly this question pops up after every time the Chiefs play. Why in hell can't anybody come up with a game plan to take away, or maybe not take away, but just to limit Travis Kelsey, who you know is going to beat you? Why do teams yep. continually let that happen? You know, it's 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 just the chemistry the two have. I mean, they just you know he finds open spaces and Mahomes gets him the ball, and it's not like he's running a specific route sometimes. It's just a matter of, hey, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to take a peek at what the defense is doing, and I'm just going to walk into a space that's open, and Patrick can throw me a five- or six-yard pass. And they're the masters at it. I mean, this is the best quarterback-tight-end combination when it comes to unscripted plays uh, that I've ever seen. I mean, they're just on the same, the same level, and they think the same way, and they understand what one, one, one another is doing. And, you know, the Bengals did a really good job, you know, over the last couple of games against the Chiefs where they've been able to kind of take out Travis. And what they're going to do in this game, they're going to, they're going to hit him within that five yards. They're going to bring a linebacker around. They're going to bring a safety up. They're going to double, they'll, they'll double team him, you know, and he's going to have to be ultra creative to get open, which I think he'll find a way. 
because he did, you know, toward the second half uh, last uh, in in January in December's game. So listen, you just you got to figure that out. You got to stop him. But I think he's just unstoppable. I think he's just one of these offensive threats that just knows how to find just enough of a little seam or a little bit of space to you know keep matriculating the ball down the field and maybe breaking a big play. And uh, I, I don't think you have an answer for that. I don't think there's a really way that you can stop Travis Kelsey from not making a big plays in big games. The narrative of the three wins aside from Cincinnati, <laughs> what does concern you most about this Cincinnati team and, and just the way that they do match up, and especially offensively against the Chiefs D? You know, they kind of remind me of the, the 2020 Bucks. You know, they, they, they just seem to have put all the pieces in place in the last, what, six, seven, eight weeks. Um, they played terrific football outside of the Ravens game where, honestly, they could have lost. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, yep. who knows if that game is tied. You know, they don't have that fumble. You know, it, it might be a different scenario what we're talking about this week. But, you know, I, I, I think what scares me the most is that their confidence is sky high. Uh, they've got a quarterback in Burrow who just doesn't give a darn. You know, he doesn't care who you're playing. He doesn't care what the conditions are. He doesn't care if you're even covered. He believes in his, his, his guys offensively that they can make plays, and he's certainly got a plethora of options. And defensively right now, this is one of the better defenses, you know, in the National Football League. And they might be a no-name defense like the Dolphins were when they won their Super Bowl. Uh, these guys are just flying all over the place. They're getting young guys who are playing well. Um, and, I, and I think for the Chiefs, you know, they have to take what the Bengals give them. They did not do that in the championship game last year. Uh, had they done that in the second half, then the Chiefs probably would have won that football game by simply just running the ball against a three-man front. Um, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna make that mistake this year. And I think with in the Bills game, I mean, there were opportunities for Josh Allen to just do a dump off here and throw a five or six yard pass, and he kept trying to make big plays. And Patrick's not gonna have that problem on Sunday. And I think that's the biggest difference of what we're gonna see that we saw last year. We shall see. It was I remember the end of the first half of that football game, uh, and it was haunted the Chiefs and stuck with them. Um, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a digger. I think it's got a chance to be really good. Um, it goes without saying. Point spread says it's going to be um, it, it's, yeah. it, it's it's anybody's game. Uh, your fear? I, what, I mean, Burrow's got Chase, and he's got Boyd, and he's got Hurst, and he's got Higgins. He's got great weapons. Mixon can run the football. Samaje P. Ryan's tough to get on the ground. Uh, offensive line, despite the fact they were banged up, I thought they did a really good job against Buffalo the other day. Um, right. your, your biggest fear, how will, how will Cincinnati beat the Chiefs if it's to happen? They'll beat, they'll beat the Chiefs if the three rookies and the three young offensive linemen play like they did last week against the Bills. Now, however, let me point one thing out. The Bills played a very soft vanilla defense. They only brought four guys. They didn't blitz a whole lot. You know, they, they, they didn't attack Burrow. The Chiefs will attack Burrow. We've seen what Spags can do. Just look what he did, you know, against Trevor Lawrence on Saturday. You know, he brought corners. He brought safeties. He brought linebackers. You know, they're going to do have to do all that with Burrow and just trust that these young rookies, it's a second day for the Chiefs, who just were brilliant, I thought, mm-hmm. um, Saturday. Um, continue to play that way. I mean, they they got burned in Cincinnati, and they they took their lumps, and they remember that game, and they were really close to making some key stops uh, with those young corners, and they just Burroughs just made perfect throws. So, you know, I I, I think the Bengals are going to struggle if that offensive line breaks down. If I'm Steve Spagnola, I am taking the Ravens game plan from the first week of the playoffs, and I'm implementing that exact same strategy 
um, to go after Burrow. It worked very effectively. Um, it really slowed him down. He had a, he had some jitters for the first time I've seen, and I think that's how you that's how you beat the Bengals. But it's all going to be on that offensive line. It's one thing for these three guys, you know, to play as well as they did in one game in Buffalo, but to go to Kansas City and do that in two weeks in a row when they haven't had the experience, that's my fear if I'm Cincinnati. Um, if Burrow does not have enough time to complete some of those passes and they can just get a minimal amount of pressure, and God, let's hope Chris Jones gets a sack <laughs> in the postseason. Um, if those things happen, then I think, I think the Bengals are going to have a harder time to win. If that line holds up and the Chiefs aren't aggressive, you know, getting to him, um, you know, that, that's going to be a problem. Chiefsfocus.com. Uh, Nick's site is also primetimesportstalk.com. That's his site. You can follow him on Twitter, uh, at Chiefs Insider. Nick, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yep, indeed. Nick Athen, as uh, we check in on the Chiefs. How many Kelseys will be in the Super Bowl? One, zero, one, or two? Well, I hope zero. <laughs> for for my sake, for our sake, yes. Uh, I like both road teams. I do. <laughs> Maybe it is my betting tainting mm-hmm. my view, mm-hmm. but as we you say, can certainly make the case for that. Better no bet. Oh yeah, they. I think the Eagles' love is going to continue all week long. It is for sure. And I told you last week when we were talking about the Giants. You know, you get over enamored with what you just saw. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous game to play, and I think a lot of people are going to do that with Philly this week. Mm-hmm. Is they played so well. Remember who they were doing against? Yeah, a fraudulent Giants team. They were. 49ers are still really talented. Yep, they're really good. Skill guys, defense, uh, automatic kicker. Have you said that? Watch, you'll miss a thirty-yarder to win. You know, we didn't talk about kicker either in the Dallas game. It was unreal, Trent. That 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 point that uh, the, his first one that was blocked that was wide by fifteen feet. Yeah, he hit. Usually, you see the defensive tackle that's coming up right. and making the jump there. He's in the middle of the play. Right. Like I was like, he was the right defensive end. <laughs> Like, oh, and then I saw people going after our buddy Jeff Benson at Circa, one of the Lions makers there, because he put up the numbers for uh-huh. every kicker of the week to miss an extra point, yes, no's, and they said, well, it wasn't missed, it was blocked. Oh, God. Come, come on. You know what, you know what it was on Twitter that I saw that it was a bunch of this, um, that was a dirty hit on Mahomes. No, it wasn't. That Was, was that Warren Sharp? That was Warren Sharp said that. Yes, Warren Sharp had a bad weekend. He terrible. I mean, I don't know what his connection is to the, to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That wasn't a dirty play. It was a football play. Warren now Sharp. he made up name too. Is that his name like a, Tyler Bukowski? Or oh, something I didn't like that. know that. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Sharp. Warren Sharp. Trent Sharp. <laughs> Get out of here. Depends on your week because you've been a lot of Trent Sharp <laughs> lately. Um, look, Cincinnati knows he's got a bad right wheel. Yeah. So will whoever, if indeed they do advance, so whoever comes out of the NFC. Andy Reid just uh, met with the media. He said it is too early to tell if Patrick Mahomes is going to play oh, on come Sunday. On. Was his nose growing right. when he said it? Or even practice on Wednesday. Well, yeah, practice. Yeah, what kind of practice are they going to be going through at this point in the season? A lot of walkthrough stuff, but come on. We know. <laughs> Jesus. Unless we find out something, something doesn't feel, he wakes up tomorrow. Something doesn't feel right, goes in. Oh, and they found something structurally they didn't find the first time. Okay, then we're having a different mm-hmm. conversation. And here and now, no. he's playing. He came back. Right. If he wouldn't have come back, again, different conversation. He came back. Yep. And he'll get the shot. Yep. And they'll get that thing. As he got the other day. Uh-huh. And he'll be raring to go. 
But is he going to be able to move? Well, that's just it. That, that's such so. a big part of his. That's a big part of his game. Offensive line was good. If they can shut down Kelsey, they got to double him. I think Cincinnati's got a shot. I really do. I'm with you. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman joins us next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. Before we do that, almost forgot to do this. Let's what get a thousand dollars for somebody. Come Indeed. On. Time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Go to kxno.com. Once you get there, you can enter the this nationwide contest by entering the keyword credit in the pop up box. It's credit at kxno.com. Your chance at a thousand dollars. Credit at kxno.com. Murph and Andy. And Heather and Sean have opportunities all afternoon long on their respective programs. We are on Des Moines Sports Station 106. KXNO. Four NFL teams, two champion conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big. On the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in free bets. Not a new customer, you can feel conference championship thrills with their stepped up. Same game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I'm also thinking here, a little two-team teaser. Very simple. Just take both dogs. You get the Niners. They jump up to eight and a half. You get six with the Bengals currently. Maybe you can get that seven if it goes back a point that other way. Not a bad way to do it, I don't think. Eagles aren't beating the Niners by eight and a half. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I think it's a touchdown game in Kansas City, Cincinnati. I think you're on to something. Mm. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code KEXTO. No new customers bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with the code KXNO. You must be 21 or older. Iowa only. The bonus is issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. 10-plus leg requirement for the 100% boost upon Positive parlay and restrict, wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. If you have a gambling problem, one Get in on the action with the world's largest sportsbook. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Dot com. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent's plays of the day coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Scott Dockerman, he writes for The Athletic, and he joins us. He covers Iowa, he covers the Big Ten, the media rights, etc. Hello, Doc. Trent and Ken, how are you? I am great, guys. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I get such a kick out. Well, I enjoy reading your pieces. Um, you must bang your head against the wall, knowing as soon as you hit publisher, it uh, shows up online, and you do a story on the uh, uh, any story on the Iowa offense, passing games, three area it needs to improve. Inevitably, the first comments are going to be about uh, Brian Ferentz. Can can you recall the vitriol? Was it? I mean, it was bad under O'Keefe, but I don't think it was at this level, Doc. Do you? No, no, it's never been like this. And, and it gets frustrating because, you know, I try to go through different aspects of uh, Iowa football just to kind of see what, uh, you know, where, where were some areas maybe that they were good at. 
even when Brian Ferentz was the head co- was the offensive coordinator. And of course, it comes back fire Brian, fire fire Brian. Right. <laughs> it's just it, you know it gets old after a while. In fact, you know I've done I've done some things I normally don't do. You know I put up a warning sign like warning this post contains nothing about firing the offensive coordinator and then i'll get people saying well it should be you know yeah like it's up to you yeah i don't make those decisions but uh no there there were some really interesting parts of that i thought that i think some people did get a lot out of it but for the most part it's until uh you know it's kind of this pregnant pause in iowa until something happens regarding the offensive coordinator it's it's just going to be this way for a while to be fair you are making a huge upgrade at the quarterback position. If nothing else changes, schematically, calling plays, all that remains the same. The upgrade from Cade McNamara, from what we saw with Spencer Petras, it is monstrous. It's not to say Cade McNamara is going to go out there and throw 45 touchdowns. It's not realistic in the Iowa offense, but just in terms of his ability to throw the football, to move around a little bit, the accuracy, that's something that Petras always struggled with. That upgrade alone, that has to be worth how much when you're kind of measuring it up? Six to eight points a game. Wow. That's kind of what I figured. Just simply from what Iowa would be able to do, even in, in, in timing routes. Um, when you look at uh, what Kate McNamara did as a, at uh, Michigan in 2021, he completed 70% of his passes under two and a half seconds. Iowa was you know, at 60 at best and a lot of times it was below that and and so you're talking about just being able to to complete one more pass out of every 10 simply by the timing of it being better and then you throw on the fact that he completed 64 percent across the board that's just those numbers are way beyond what Iowa has been able to do and I'm not saying that he's going to be able to replicate that because Iowa doesn't have that perimeter personnel that Michigan did Mm -hmm. but I think that is one area where you look at and Iowa can go from 17 points to 23, which 23 isn't very good, but it's simply better than putrid, which is where 17 is. Uh, Hawkinson and Fant, uh, they, they spoiled. Um, well, the, I was had great tight ends, don't get me wrong. But those two together was a dynamic uh, combination, right? Uh, are we on the cusp of seeing that again? Because I think Lachey's got a real chance. Uh, Eric Hall arrives with... Uh, a lot of expectations. A lot of folks think that this guy is le- absolutely legit, and he's going to open some eyes. Might we see as close to Fant and Hawkinson uh, in all in Lachey as we've seen since that duo left? I think it could be close. I think it really depends on the offensive line. If they can give Kate McNamara enough time, then I absolutely believe that their numbers will be comparable. I, I, I mean, like the third down numbers TJ Hawkinson put up were astronomical. I hit 379 yards receiving um, on third down alone in 2018, which is the most for any tight end in the last nine years. Uh, that's just not going to be anything you can replicate. But I think what you can see is that they can find more one-on-one opportunities and the quarterback, if he has time, has the ability and the accuracy to get the ball to them, which limits the need for some burners on the outside. They've got, I think, a little bit of an upgrade there. It remains to be seen how that improves. But I do think if they can block better in pass pro and not give up 38 sacks, Mm. and and I'd say probably at least five or six of those are just because of Spencer Petras' inability to to maneuver in the pocket. But if they can do that, then, yes, I think those two will – um, be, you know, combined for 80-plus catches next year, no question. 
Are you the belief that this offensive line, they made one addition in the transfer portal, the kid from uh, Saginaw State, that they are going to take that big step forward, that the experience that these guys learn, what, four sophomores and a freshman out there at times this year, experience is a great elixir here, a full spring that maybe they're not going to be elite level, but at least adequate on the offensive line this year. Is, is it a stretch to think that out of this group? I think if they, are, if they do not add another piece, that they will be adequate. I don't know about good. Um, now, I do. they are very much so still looking at, at offensive linemen in the portal. And, in fact, one came up today. Uh, his name's Rusty Pep. He's from uh, Miami of Ohio. Uh, so George Barnett coached him for two years. He was a second-team all-Mac choice. So I think there's an opportunity there. Um, he's a grad transfer. And I think there's a couple others out there that I know that they're looking at that, you know, whether they're available in May or, you know, in in Rusty Pett's case, I, I assume he could probably enroll now unless he's enrolled at, in Miami because he's a grad transfer. Uh, so if they go out and, say, pick up one more, um, and par- uh, Parker, the new the newbie, as you said, from, from Saginaw State, he can, he can apply the fundamentals to, to go with his great frame and length, and another one who's probably a little bit more fundamentally sound, to go along with, say, three holdovers, like, let's say, Richmond, Colby, and Jones, I think it could be a actually pretty close to being good uh but right now i would say uh the the i would not go as far as saying that they're anything more than decent going into the fall based on who they have coming back doc we've been asking this question since october about the offensive coordinator and movement i'm going to ask it in a different way do you have your article ready to go if <laughs> brian ferentz takes another job i do not okay because i think there's a uh, I, I do think it could happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there's going to be some change on the offensive staff. Um, it's just a matter of who and when and how that comes about. And that's just, it, it's still uh, it's still cloudy. So I don't want to make any predictions, but I do think that there will be some sort of level of change. I found a different way to ask it, at least. That's yeah, I've got to right? give you credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doc, let's switch right. to basketball. You you covered uh, a lot of Iowa teams that uh, – really uh, good Iowa teams, decent Iowa teams that have gone to the Breslin Center. And I get it, Spartans are usually pretty good, right? The team you're sharing the floor with is so uh, doesn't usually have too many bad years. But what is it about that place, Doc? Uh, you've been there a bunch uh, and seen Iowa and Michigan State go at it, and that's where Iowa is. Is uh, this Thursday night? Uh, if they want to maintain any hope of getting that double buy into the Big Ten tournament, they got us. You know they they can't flounder. Uh, tough place, Michigan State. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's about eight teams right now that are what within one game mm-hmm. of second place, and and then therefore like tenth. So <laughs> I think uh, mm-hmm. you know it, it's really an, every game's an important one for this. But and yeah, Iowa's going to lose some games, and the Breslin Center is very difficult. For a couple of reasons, you know, first of all, it's the team that they're facing in Michigan State. They're obviously well-coached. They've got great athletes. They're recruited at a high level, and they're very physical in their man defense. And a lot of times, even if Iowa would start to get calls that, you know, Izzo would, uh, you know, hey, he's an all-time coach. He, can, <laughs> he gets on the officials, then they start to slack off on their calls. And Iowa doesn't, in the past, most of the time, never adjusted very well to those calls. Uh, but then the other part is, um, you know, it's filled. Uh, the, the, the students are close to the floor in a lot of areas, and uh, the sound really travels. So you've got a great team, a, a Hall of Fame coach. You've got uh, the sound right there. You've got a band right on the floor. 
Um, it's loud, and, and then you've got an aggressive style of play. If you're not mentally locked in, you can you can unravel in a in a heartbeat, and that's what I've seen most of the time. Now that said, I've also saw Iowa win once decisively. Um, I think it was 2016, and then the last time they went was just I think during the COVID year, and they blew them out. Um, so I think they've got they've got the potential to play well, um, but they're going to have to avoid getting in any foul trouble. Otherwise, it could be a a yeah, very tough trip to, to East Lansing. Uh, Scott Docterman from The Athletic Doc. Anything at The Athletic you'd like to highlight this week? Yeah, tomorrow I'm going with a series of five truths, truths or myths um, related to Iowa football. And among those are whether or not Iowa did enough in the transfer portal. To is Should Iowa be concerned with in-state recruiting after kind of getting waxed by Iowa State and in central Iowa to – to whether or not Iowa is still the favorite in uh, is or Iowa is the favorite in the Big Ten West, so kind of answered some of those questions, and um, I think it'll be kind of a, a fun read. And then, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've got coming up tomorrow. Good stuff. I'll we'll say this as an aside, boy, Matt rules. He doesn't he hasn't missed on too many guys. He's doing a big job over there recruiting. We'll see what that translates. It's been a long time since they've been um, well any postseason really relevant to be honest with you doc uh, thanks for doing this we'll talk to you next monday appreciate it, scott Dockerman. thank you all right have a good one guys yeah thanks. look forward to that piece tomorrow in the athletic look forward to trends plays of the day they are next circus sports sponsors it's not the greatest slate of basketball oh there's plenty out there well, there's plenty but uh, i mean other than the uh, big monday tilt kansas baylor wisconsin plays who early uh northwestern northwestern oh yeah. that'd be a good postpone game yeah. we got virginia tech duke got to play on that and that's on TV as well. I think that's the game that precedes the Big 12 tilt. And don't forget about the swag. How can you, Trent? It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Talk.com. All right, time for Trent's Play of the Day. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Circus Sports sponsors, here's TC. We got four plays tonight. We're going to kick things off in the Big Ten. It is Wisconsin going to Northwestern. We know Tyler Wall, when he's in there, completely different, different team. team. Yep. Uh, with that ankle injury, they were averaging 14 points per 100 possessions less than they were over the course of the year. He's back. Give me the Badgers plus the three at Northwestern. Pick number two, Dukies. They survived over the weekend. They're just not playing very well. I'm going to grab Vodtech. They let one slip away against Clemson over the weekend. I think they get Duke at home. I'll lay the two with Virginia Tech. Give me Oakland in the Horizon League. <laughs> I got a future on them as well. Coach uh, Glampy over there has done a great job for a long, long time. Four and a half is what they're getting on the road at Detroit. And I told you, we got Swaction tonight. Not Maction, Swaction. The Rattlers, Florida A&M, they're getting 12 in the hook at Jackson State. Dion's not going to be there. There you have it. Just four plays tonight. Just four. You like Kansas or Baylor? What's the number? Two. Kansas bounced back? Baylor I thought again. they were on Saturday and they got bludgeoned. That's why I'm staying away. Uh, Murph and Andy are coming up. They'll be here in five minutes. The drive with Heather and Sean. Three until six. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 11 to 1. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3.